It is time for the last ever Hollywood Anonymous broadcast from the world-famous Herald Examiner. Here we go. Really? You can talk under the microphone. We own them. I know, but that... So this is it for here, This is it. This is our last one. Well, this is the last one from here. Let's not make people... No, no, last one from... The Herald Examiner. Now can we do it from the studio that I can walk to from my house? (laughs) I like that better. Three, two, Two, one. one. Hooray for Hollywood. Take it up an octave. Ooh. Today's guest, Chris Roush. Visiting the studio today. One day only. Last day, apparently. Last day here. Last day here. I don't even know what episode this is. This but that would is be episode, the, well, it doesn't matter, but it's 17. Yeah. Well, no, but you've always said it before. So. Episode 17, guys. Can we just call it episode Roush? No, yeah. no, no. No, we can't because... Uh, Does Roush stand for 17 in a different language? If we decide... Then no. But if we decide to edit you out of the episode, then we can't have your name attached to it. You know what I mean? Copy that. Yeah, so I just got word yesterday. Okay, this is that, all news uh, um, The impending doom uh, is coming. When I say impending doom, that means... Um, we can't really be doing this kind of stuff in there due to construction. So, because they're trying, they're tra- we're the, the film the location filming here. Yeah. Since uh, 1989. How, how long does the song go? Does it really keep going? Yeah. It was just background music. Okay. The uh, um, the building was a filming location since '89, and so uh, we're uh, the only time we'll ever date this show. This is uh, 2015, so this is the end. Okay, but that, that wasn't a very clear. I mean, I get it. You're it's me a filming. Look, it's it's yes. going into something else. Okay, it's the end yeah. of filming. Right. It's the end of filming here, here. and so I don't. Uh, that's all I do here. So right. I don't need to be. And if here they're going to be doing construction in here, there's they're not, and they're not going to be having. So the, what's the last thing that's going to be shot here? That's another announcement. If you want me to make it later, okay. I can't make it just yet. It's not official. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a separate official announcement here on Hollywood Anonymous. Okay. We got official stuff. Oh, okay. this is actually pretty historic. I mean, I joke about you know we've kind of like lightheartedly joked about this place, but this like place is a is a um, and, and Chris knows this. He's worked here several times. I mean, this is like a cornerstone historically for filmmaking, especially independent filmmaking and television. This has been a, a go to place for people. It's yeah. been the number one filming location for many many years. When you say the name, people know. Uh, like if I talk to art people, I'm like, hey, you ever work at the Herald? It's, oh yeah, I've been there a bunch of times. Like yeah, so this uh, you know it's it it goes off the market and it's going to have an the one thing that concerns me um you know uh being involved in 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 filmmaking is that um i think it's going to have an a negative impact on independent filmmaking because it's already hard enough to film in this town and um i was one of the few people that was willing to work with a lot of budgets that didn't that seemed ridiculous to people but what i my fear is that once this comes off the market everybody else is going to hold the prices hostage because there's one less place to go to in town and i just it just i'm not saying it's going to happen that's my concern and that's what makes me sad about you know how people stunt creativity uh, in a town where all you're supposed to be doing is <laughs> creative Being creative, stuff. right. Sadly, I've watched a lot of stuff that they, they uh, hid under the uh, guise of creativity, and it was actually not. But, but what I like, well, the good thing about this place for any production that would come here is that it's, it, I mean, and it depends on what you're shooting, but it's kind of a one-stop shop, yeah. you know what I mean? A little like bit it, of everything here. Yeah, police station, hospital area, waiting rooms, doctor's offices, apartments. living rooms, apartments, yeah. Stairs. Lobbies. Stairs. Stairs. No, come on, there's elevators here. Elevators. But yeah. you're in shape. Chris is a pretty in shape dude. You like to walk upstairs. You like to... Carrying stuff. For, you those like that, to... for those that don't know, Chris, I uh, Chris is a 
well, I mean, I guess an acquaintance or a no, but I was stand up. You do stand up. Well, you do, you do stand up. That's but how I mean, we all met each other, I believe. Correct? No, no. I met I met Chris in Costa Rica. Uh, okay. We and went to how Island. long was that tour? Love affair. <laughs> we worked on Temptation Island two together. Like I said, how long was the tour? Oh, it was right. a month long. <laughs> it was a month long. Um, that and we'll get into that. That was a blissful. Month. Yeah, I mean that was that was crazy. That was crazy, but um. But yeah, you do stand up, but you're also, I mean, you own your own grip, gaff, you have trucks, you're, you're kind of out there doing that, that thing when you can, correct? Yeah, how long, you been, how, well, how long ago did you start your business? Like, how long have you been doing, having your own little business here in town? Let's see, I got my, I got in the business in 96, got in the local in 99, and then got my truck, my first truck in seven years ago, so that's what? 2007. You're your own man. Yeah. And not everybody does that, right? Just so we're clear, no. you and, and so can you just let's let's actually start with the basics, just so people yeah, understand exactly. Thank what you. What is a grip, and what does a grip do? What like what is your what also was, explain Best Boy? Like explain Best Boy, grip, and gaffer. And yeah, the so that people understand what it is, what world, what part of the world, part of the world, the world of film, world of filmmaking. Uh, the cameraman or the DP, cinematographer, he's the one that gives the visual look of the film. His uh, two right-hand hand men are the gaffer, who's the department head for the electric, and the key grip, who's the department head for... They're kind of like the, the, the guys that help shape the light. They move the camera. They rig the camera. They do the... Uh, when you say shape the light, they're, they're, they're one, the, the simple way yes. they, somebody explained to me once is like, um, a ga- uh, electricians put up the lights, the grips block them. Yeah, we, we Which add is shadow very, yeah. and diffusion and color and... Uh, we make the light look good because because so people understand that I think a lot of people in their base are, oh there's just a guy that just lights everything it's like no it's never just a solid straightforward blown light in someone's face that's where you come in and you actually help it's like manipulate the, the light so that it has a specific look right yeah it's like it's uh, like if you take a uh, lampshade off a light it's that harsh white bright light that you can't stand we just put a fancy lampshade now is grips go. is grips jo- job and are you guys in charge of what we we commonly know in our business like when somebody comes in a room and it goes it needs to feel daylight it needs to feel nighttime there's a specific type of light look that they apply are you do you guys put the application that makes that happen a lot of times they'll uh, the electricians will have they're called hmi lights that have the color temperature or balanced look of daylight and uh other times they have a regular tungsten light and then we have to Adjust the make color. It daylight. So you do do daylight. some of that. So technology's yeah. changed a little bit, where that's taken some of that away from you guys. But yeah, yeah. <clears throat> what are what well, is, can I can yeah. I quickly? I want to. I don't know if you've ever heard this joke, but it was told to me by a friend of mine. I always found it very funny, uh, and I'm sure I've told it on this show before. But uh, what's uh, like a? This is obviously supposed to be comical, but what's the difference between a grip and a gaffer? And most people say what? Um, a gaffer will take the dishes out of the sink before he pisses in it. <laughs> Yeah, there's a. Why do grips? Why why do grips have such a bad rap? In because they all dress like me and they got tats. Well, that means nothing to people. Well, dress like you doesn't mean anything to anybody right now unless they hang out with you. Grips, yeah, they've unfortunately they've kind of adopted the stereotype of being the knuckle draggers. Okay, on set. But you talk to a really good DP and they'll tell you they're some of the most, if not the most important person on set. For the yeah, for the DP to make to make what they're doing look correct. I mean, you you have to make it look good. If it doesn't look good, no one wants to look at it. It doesn't matter how good the performance is in it. If it's shot like shit, then it's going to look like shit, and people and are going to think it's shit. The grips are really the problem solvers, especially the key grip. They'll rig the camera. Um, you know, we I've put cameras on uh, roller coasters or 
cars. I showed up to work one day and had to put a car or put a camera on a Ferrari. So basically, nice. let's say, let's say, like really, Without, the people talk about yeah. really good DPs, right? And they and, and some of these, yeah. some Director of these amazing cinematographers, some of the amazing shots that they get, and sometimes those shots are actually worked, they're, they're developed in conjunction with the grips. Like you're talking about, like these exactly. rigging things on cars and stuff like that. Things where you see these amazing shots, probably. Uh, a, a good example would be any of these Fast and Furious movies. People need to understand that there's a serious amount Oof. of rigging going on in those yeah, vehicles, correct? God. And that would be working in conjunction with really creative guys in the grip department to yep. get amazing shots on, on a vehicle. Matter of fact, uh, uh, Fast and Furious 7 just came out. Yeah. Uh, Mike Price was the key grip on that. He's one of the smartest, uh, best rigger. You know, he's, he's really good at, at uh, seeing the shot and... You know, giving the DP what they want in a, you know, fast, safe way. Yeah, safe way. Because I, I just read an article about, uh, it was like a like 12 accidents that happened on set that almost killed cast members of shows, but didn't. Like, somebody was on set and got hit in the, Chris and Chenoweth got hit in the face with something, whatever. But they were talking about a Brady Bunch, the Brady Bunch shot where they're, they're on a roller coaster. And the guy had rigged the camera to shoot at the Brady Bunch while they were on the coaster going down or whatever. So it was a real roller coaster. And the guy who played Mike Brady, uh, I forget his name. Um, shit, do you guys remember? You mean the, re- the real one? Yeah, this is Alan the- Reed something? Reed? Mike, Mike, uh, Mike, 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 Mike. No, uh, I don't know. Do you, no. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. That guy. Uh, yeah, so the real oh, Mike man. Brady. I'm going to Google the, it while you're talking. This continue. is the TV show, too, not the remake of the movie. Or yeah, 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 yeah. So, not Gary Cole. So he goes, yeah, right, not Gary Cole. So he goes, uh, Mike Brady goes, hey, man, can you just... Run, they were like, all right, everyone get in the roller coaster. We're going to shoot this. And he was looking at the rig of the camera and he's like, can you just run this without us in it one time so we can just check safety? And the fucking rig broke off and the camera smashed into like, it would have decapitated these guys. Like it Robert was a, Reed. Robert Reed, thank you. It was a huge camera. It was, I mean, this isn't like a GoPro, you're no, going to chip are, a tooth. This is like going to fucking take your head off. Those you know? old cameras are about 70 pounds. Yeah. Fully yeah. And, and you're going downhill yeah. on a roller coaster. So and that's like 8,000 pounds. Exactly. <laughs> it smashes very in first, your face. Uh, I, I waited, I think it was about 10 years to do, I, I got a call one time from a producer and they wanted to do the uh, Kids Bop. Kids Bop. Uh, it's like a, it's, they take, you know, Disney songs and the yeah, kids and sing kids along. Sing oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Okay. But, uh, I got to put a camera on a roller coaster. The one, the one at uh, Santa Monica Pier. It's not the fastest roller coaster. Right, in the not world. the biggest, not the fastest, but still. But, we'll call it a medium size. Yeah. yeah. But you know, you have all these Disney personalities or kids. You know, they're popular, and you watch that thing crawl up that very slow incline when it yeah. takes off, and I kind of poop my pants. Yeah, a you're bit. just waiting for something <laughs> bad to go wrong. Yeah. You're like, Please God, no. Because you don't know watch, until you try watch, it. Right? Not on my watch. You have an idea of what it's going to take to secure all this stuff. And I've double checked everything, triple checked everything. And I had a good crew of guys that, you know, started the rig and then but uh do you know you're going to end up being a grip when you're the one kid that the only kid in the Boy Scouts that gives a shit about all tying all those knots? No, I Oh yeah, when you're like the guy who's like, like you're super, really into all the knots and you're like, yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or setting up the tents or like figuring <laughs> out where we can put the campfire. <laughs> no, I t- I always thought I wanted to be a writer director. Okay. When I, when and I you still kid, can be, never give up on your dreams. Well, well, back no, but, back but, to what you are him, really t- doing. Cuz this is what we were talking about the other day. Tell, now keep going with that because yeah. Well, yeah, when uh when I first started out, I I mean, I didn't know anything from anything. I just wanted to work behind the camera. And uh the only names I ever really paid attention to were writer directors. And the very first job I ever had was being a PA on a Barbie commercial. A 10-day... A Barbie doll commercial? Yeah. Okay. A 10-day shoot? 
turned into 12 because Jesus. it almost went over. Sometimes those dolls don't The dolls listen. won't come out of their trailers. They're like, fuck this. <laughs> Barbie was probably the biggest slip. Probably the biggest actress. I thought you were going to say you know. slut. I was like, wait, no, was this a yeah, real person? You guys well, that's dolls? the one you kept at your place. That was back out. Uh-huh. Back out. Oh, Never mind. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, it was on that job that I realized I was watching. I, re- I realized that the director was just another cog in the wheel. He w- he, there was really no difference between... He filled a role just like the gaffer, just like the key guy. Yeah, he's not like, Steven Spielberg, so he's not calling all the shots. Right. Some do. network above him. There's, yeah. a, there's a company above him that yells at him and says, this is what we want, fucking do it. And he goes, okay, and then he exactly. directs it. Well, you know commercials, I mean? too, you have to remember, you have the agency involved. You have so many people sitting behind oh that camera God. dictating what's going on. It's, it's crazy. a lot of people. It's there's crazy. very few directors that get to be auteurs. Right. And... Uh, it, I don't know if I said that right. I don't either. But can I, I believe I believe what you I, said. Yeah. Let me, I'll go get my calendar of the day and see if there's a word in there. And calendar, calendar of, the day. of the day. This is a calendar from 1976. <laughs> <laughs> These are great calendars, everybody. Calendar of the day. Word of the day. My but, bad. Uh, <laughs> I used to date a girl that was always, you know, Chris, you want to be a comic. You, you know, you got to improve your vocabulary. You know, and she had this word of the day calendar. Yeah. She's like, you know, this word, and uh, it was zinger. I was like, all right, I don't know that word. I could learn a new word. And I was, oh, witty remark or retort. I was like, oh, okay. You mean zinger. And then I... Zinger. <laughs> zinger. Yeah. Did she really say that? I swear to God. I swear Should to God. Did she really say she yeah. said zinger? Yeah. And you're she, like, wow, that's crazy. And you look at <laughs> a comedic retort. Oh, yeah. you mean zinger. Yeah. And so I laid a few zingers on her. Zingers. With zingers. For in, her, in her mind, you were zingering yeah. her. You know, so. Too many zingers. Too many <laughs> zingers. Oh, my God. That is yeah. funny. <laughs> that's Did hilarious. she never eat zingers? I don't know. But here's the deal. I love zingers, okay. by the way. Not ginger. The ones we, I like both zingers. Z- ginger, Never heard of ginger zinger. Ginger finger uh, on paper should rhyme. They don't. Uh, zinger, should they should all rhyme. You know what I mean? They all look. They have that I-N-G at the end. It should be all like... We so we're, be, we're giving her a pass? I don't understand. No, no, we're, we're not giving her a pass. Her. She's an idiot. No, no, no. Okay. She's an idiot. Because you don't know the word zinger. That's... Well, she's just like that girl that believed Forrest Gump was real. I mean, everybody's gonna. Everybody has their dumb moment. To, to, well, I actually had a, I once say, said out a... loud, just so we're clear, so that we don't feel like we're all big tough guy jerk. I'm a jerk, but I'm also an idiot. I actually somebody said, "Have you ever traveled outside the United States?" I said, "Well, the first time I went to Hawaii, and they just stared at me, and I realized what I had said afterwards." But quite frankly, I, I Yogi Barrett right there, and I had to I had to eat it and deal with the fact that at that moment there were people in the room that thought I was a complete and utter moron, and they should. Um, and I also yelled at someone who tried turning too slow with one arm. So tried turning. Too, oh yeah, you yeah. My one arm. <laughs> the one time one Brian had road rage, he yelled at somebody because they were turning slow, and the guy held up his nub like, I only and waved it at him. And Brian's like, "That I'll never yell at anyone again in traffic." Now tell us about Bieber because I saw the picture. Yeah, yeah, he's got a picture with Bieber. Yeah, nice I like. How, I think he shrugged like, yeah. Well, you know, these are. This is our role. No, Bar- he shrugged Barbie, more like hey, Barbie. Don't hold Bieber. it against me. That's uh, yeah. Why is that? I'm, so because you did you did that to me when you when we first started talking about it. You were very like not a bad guy. Sorry, like you apologized for actually saying he wasn't a bad guy, which is a weird place for I think someone to be in, right? When you actually are, your first words are apologizing for being seen with someone. I've never had a bad experience with any celebrities. What you know, really? It, it, People will Why, you have? Well, the, I have. Well, this is the thing, too, about grips. Because we... What I learned very early is the, uh, the, the grips are always right there at the, on the set. Right. right you're, you're literally right there. I mean, yeah, you're, you're all You're moving well. the camera. You're, you're setting the lights. There's you're, face recognition by day one. Exactly. By end of day one. Like, they yeah. know what you do. And the grips... I heard this from uh, Lloyd Moriarty. He's one of the best key grips uh, 
he's been around for 30 years. He, uh, he did Titanic. Jesus. Um, he did True Lies. And he used to say that uh, grips set the tone for the attitude of the show. I would agree you know, with that. You know, if you, have a, if you have a good grip crew, a happy grip crew. Which you're a happy guy, so I agree. Relatively. The, uh, <laughs> I'm happy right here. Zinger. He, yeah. yeah. That's so, a good Zinger. <laughs> but uh, they, they, you know, if, if they're a happy crew, then the re- that permeates throughout the, the rest of the crew and people are relatively happy. If you have a, if you have a bunch of guys that are just angry, and knuckle look, draggers, yeah. and they're just mean... That it's a it not bums a, everybody. It's a not out, not yeah. a fun show to do. Right. Yeah. So. I will say that most like to me the real good grips are the ones that are like quiet. They don't say anything. They don't look pissed. They they're doing their job and they're they're enjoying what they do. But they're they're kind of like I don't know. I just worked on this thing for NetGeo and the grip department was awesome. They were just like there were these guys and they were just there. They hung in the back. They laughed at stuff and it was funny. And then they came in and they just really did their job. There was never any. We got to do it now. There's never any hurry, hurry, hurry. It's like we're just making TV, but at the same time, they weren't being slow. They were just being efficient and smart and easy to work with. And, and that's an old school. Like the, I was fortunate enough to learn from the. Uh, I did. I started out in commercials, and the uh, as an actor, a as child a, actor. Yeah, as a uh, as song a and dance production. Man? Yeah, as a PA. as a PA. When did you so as that a was mystery 90, writer? And that was '96. That's when you first got into the game. Ninety. Yeah, January '96. Are you from California? No, I'm from upstate New York. Upstate New York. Yeah, you okay. look. You you look like you're from California. Yeah, it's, I always assumed you were like some sort of Orange yeah. County guy. Yeah, no, I tell you, straight well, from San Diego. I, hey, man. I, you know what? I wanted to move here ever since I was 10 years old. So I, what was your know. age when you moved here then? 10. Nin- <laughs> 19. Struck out on his own. Okay, so not too long so, after you yeah. graduated, you're like, I'm on a Dodge CLA. I never graduated. Are you kidding me? Man, high school? You didn't graduate no. high school? Uh, barely. Oh. Barely. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's but, probably uh, goes for all three of us. Well, we know each other, so that's fine. Yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> and it's how I we ended up where we are. Drove out here in 93 with my best friend at the time. Rob Hammersmith. Uh, Bad props. And we, we uh, drove in my 1977 Ford pickup camper. Nice. And I had $30. Oof, you sound like me right cash. now. Except I don't no, have a camper. Yeah, pickup no credit cards, nothing. And uh, we had collected change for six months. That was our gas money. You, you were a beggar? Basically, yeah. Yep. You were a panhandler? I never had to beg anything, or beg for anything, but... Uh, Did you dance for the money? I don't know. I had to do step aerobics. Oh, okay. That was the first job <laughs> ah, Leg had. warmers. Yeah. Hey, um, so... Did you re- I'm sorry. Did you really teach step aerobics? Yeah. For but pennies? I, I was on the young. dollar? I, I mean, I did you it professionally. I did it professionally for Bally's Holiday Spa and Fitness. God, did the chicks dig it? They're Before like, you moved out or out here? Such a hunk of beef. When I got out here, and th- not only did the chicks dig it, but the club that, or the, you know, the gym that I worked at... Apparently was the number three place in Orange County for men homosexual activity. Yeah. yeah. So so you so did people think you were crazy when you were younger? Saying I'm heading to Hollywood. I'll see you later, suckers. And were they like, uh huh? Good luck with that. That yeah, seems to be a, a standard. Your yeah. friends are like trying to crush your dreams immediately. Thing because they don't understand them because they don't have them. Yeah, that's true. But and how did you get your later, buddy to go with you? Years later, he when was I was insane we, as you. Yeah. Well, he wanted to come check it out. <laughs> but uh, he, you know, we we just finished school, and uh, I was like, I was just, I'm going to California. I don't know how, but I'm going to get there. That and, sounds uh, like a song. Are you quoting a song? Uh, yeah. You heard of Led Do we have Zeppelin? To get <laughs> Do we have to pay royalties? <laughs> Zinger. <laughs> but uh, yeah, years later, I'd hear from people that, oh, I never thought you'd get past. Cleveland, right? Or, you'd be turn yeah. around, you get a flat tire, yeah. you get towed home with your fucking tail between your yeah. legs and your and head up your own ass. The one thing I uh, that really motivated me was when because I had a good job as a toll collector, 
you know, I was uh, I was Total a teamster. A lot of room, that's a lot of room for promotion yeah, in that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you joke, but I'd, I'm about, uh, if I st- stuck with it, I'd be about six years away from a state pension right now. No, I don't joke. I wish I had done right. something like that at this <laughs> I point. I wish I made better decisions I'm six in my years life. away from fucking just offing myself because I have Did no you money. know anybody out here, or did Nobody. you and the Nothing. Hammer just come out here? Is the Hammer still out here? No, he left after three I months. I gave him a nickname, by the way. I was going to say, know. do you know this no, guy? No, I don't know. Is he no, but I'm assuming you nickname, were like, hey, there we go. And I'm was like, his nickname the Hammer? Uh, I, I never called him the Hammer, but he, I mean. Did he self-nickname? <laughs> th- this was the thing. He wanted to be a drummer, so we had his drum kit. Hammersmith, How could he not be the Hammer? You and can't tell me that somebody along his life chain did not call I him the sure hammer. I'm sure they did, but you know. So don't make me seem so stupid that I can't. I, no I pulled a hammer. You seem okay, stupid, you fucking psycho. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, good. I was so nervous. I, I wasn't, I wasn't right, sure we so could swear. How long, oh, yeah, yeah, how yeah. Long you can say whatever you it? want, dude. Yeah, this is a podcast. Okay. No one gives a shit. Cool. We have threes of listeners. Did he join any band out here when he was out here? Uh, he left Or did he play drums for your Zumba class? No. That would be great. You're like, he's like. He's playing hot for teacher. <laughs> Just like, come on, ladies, let's get it done. <laughs> All right, so sorry. So no, sorry. no, 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 it's okay. The uh, He left after three months, and I never saw him again. We well, never that spoke was again. No shit. Yeah, but, I mean, we were living in a fucking camper, man, on, you know, in Costa Mesa. But you so, is, so this, we're talking 20 years ago. You have not talked to him in 20 years since you guys traveled together. I didn't talk to him for about 18 years, and he found me on Facebook about, uh, I don't know, four years ago, and he goes, hey, man, I'm in a band. <laughs> So we're doing a show in Temecula. One, good for him for sticking oh, with it. Yeah, right? but he's promoting. He's promoting. That's the only reason why I got a hold of him. He needs more butts in the seats. He goes, he goes I'm, I'm doing a show out in Temecula this week. Do you want to come to the show? And I was like, oh. Before I replied, I was like, oh, my God. You know, like, are we going to be friends? Again? Like, what's this? Like, it was almost, it, he was my best friend back then. So it was like, are, you know, it, I was so kind of nervous. I checked him out on uh, Facebook. And he's the drummer now for fucking Skid Row. Boom. Playing. John is so excited right Boom. now. Boom, dude! He, and you know they—they're huge, you know. And the, you had uh, no tour. idea. I'm assuming no. you didn't listen to Skid Row, so you had no idea. He, you know, I was—I listened to him when I was younger, but I, yeah, but he know. wasn't in the band when you were younger. Exactly. He's, he's in exactly. the—he's in the oh, right. band now with no, you know. Is anybody? Sebastian, Sebastian Bach left. isn't oh, in okay. it. Okay. No, nope. but uh, still, they just got J- a new singer, though. Jake Sabo or whatever, yeah. Snake or whatever. Yeah. yeah, he's still in it. It's his band, really. Yeah, it's the Hammers band. No, no, it's Sabo's band. But it was great because when when. Rob uh, went back home after three months out here. I was like, man, you can't, you, you know, I was, I was like, you can't go work retail with a name like Hammersmith. You know? Yeah, you, you're a fucking drummer, yeah. buddy. And Come so, on. And so now when we see each other, we see each other once or twice a year and we kind of it's okay. give each other the nod and it's like, hey, we made it. You know, we're not, you know, it's interesting to me, but too, but that's, successful, it, that's, but, but, but when you say like everyone's got their own version of making it, and exactly. to me, is if you're working somewhere and you like what you do and you're able to support yourself, you've made it. It really doesn't, I mean, you, there's, you, you should always be ambitious, you should always want to do more and be better. I'm not saying you should stop growing or, or trying, but. There's something to be said for just existing out here for as long as you have without having to fucking go home. And this is the... I fell in love with gripping. Like, when when I first got in the grip and it really... It filled that whatever thing inside me that made me want to... Made me want to make movies in the first place. And uh, it was when I was five years old. My dad told me this. uh, Where he said, when I was five, he he, he brought me to go see Superman. The old uh, Christopher Reeve one. Oh, yeah, baby. And on the way home, at five years old, I said, how did they get Superman the fly? Did, I don't know. Did I ever tell you this? I remember, I remember, you, I remember you telling me the story a while. But he he was pretty impressed with the fact that a, a five-year-old is asking him how to... You know, not, how, not like, 
is Superman real? Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Can Superman fly? It's how did they? How did they? I know he can't. I know humans yeah. can't. My question is, how did they get it to look like he, he did? did? Yeah. yeah. And and so he goes. You know, he's blown away. And he goes, well, I don't know how they did it. And but, this is before the internet, by the way, so you can't just Google yeah, you that couldn't shit. just Google it. But he goes, if you want to learn how to do that when you grow up, you can do that. So and now that kind of that answer blows me away. It's funny it, that you remember that moment too. Well, it's only because he told me. Yeah, you know, oh, oh, his dad. Told but uh, yeah. but it was when, when you were six, he told you. Which yeah, you but, when you were five. It, <laughs> Last year, son, you made a very but important career. It decision. got into my head at a young age that I can go do that if I want to go do that, which is and I don't have kids, but I don't know if I'd a have the courage to say I don't know to my five year old. You wouldn't have to because you go just go Google it, kid. Or they won't even ask. They'll yeah, just Google it. Yeah. Or the fact it. that they, you know, actually. Uh, he gave me the uh, belief that I could go do that. He so planted that seed. Yeah, so it's his fault that I drove out here with no money. You know? Oh, I'm sure he blames himself every day. Yeah. Do you, now that you work behind the scenes, <clears throat> um, you and I, were t- we were talking about this uh, off-air that we both uh, shared experience working on Ring 2 together. But I have this, um, I worked on the original Ring, and it was, I was always worried because I, obviously I worked on the part where I, I know what the ending was because I worked, you work on oh, it, you guys, know what's going listener, on, right? spoiler alert, spoiler alert. But, but what I'm saying is like, I'm so the, the, the fear is, is it going to wreck your ability to enjoy, and like people to sit down and enjoy oh. a movie because you're actually working in it. And I got to be honest with you, that was the one movie that even though I knew and saw everything when I still watched it, it still freaked me out. Well, yeah. I mean, I did the, well, my entire career of, you know, my resume of uh, films is an entire string of Godfather threes, as I like to say. <laughs> like, I didn't do The Ring. I did The Ring 2. two. <laughs> you know, or... Not as scary. It's enough. like, oh, wow, you're working with Jodie Foster on Flight Plan. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like... Two. Uh, yeah. So, Flight Plan 2. This time it's personal. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you look me up on IMDb. It's like all, it's all those, like, really good almost, almost movies. Like, yeah. Uh, the, Had the right cast, but the wrong writer. Had Planet the right the script, with, but Mark you know, Wahlberg. Yeah. <laughs> so, is that the one you worked on? Yes. The only like, one, the, the only forgettable Planet of the, the Apes? That's hilarious. The most confusing Planet of the Apes ever. But know? did you get to walk, now, I, I gotta be honest with you, like, John gets excited about Skid Row or wrestling uh, information. I'm a huge, I, I don't know, I just made that up. Okay. I'm, I'm huge, I love Planet of the Apes. So, my whole thing is, I would be still, regardless of that being the worst of them, did you get to walk or hang out with people that were all wearing in their ape costumes and stuff like that? Because oh, yeah. to me, yeah. that's enough for me. Yeah. I actually tried to get, they were filming it at Sony when I first moved out here, and I tried to sneak on set, which was completely impossible, and I believe someone died on that shoot as well. They did, yeah. I don't know what department he was, it was in. He but... was an art department guy when we were in prep. I think he was a painter. And, and it was on uh, stage, right? He fell was off, on stage off a scaffold at, uh, or something? I don't know if I'm allowed to say the stage. It's just, we'll, we'll let it go, yeah. But yeah, but, so uh, he was standing, uh, this is why safety is important, but uh, he was standing on the uh, knee rail duh, of duh. a scissor lift, reaching up high to paint a part of the set. F- you know, lost his balance, fell out over the railing. Wasn't harnessed in? Wasn't harnessed no. in. And this is before those safety uh, classes were required. Okay, but they still had the harness there, man. Every time you get an assistant, not, you... not back then. I mean, when I started out in the industry, you didn't wear harnesses. Fuck. Yeah. Dude, you go up in a scissor lift, you've got to put do a you, harness on. Do you realize, right? like, uh, I don't know, when you're on a soundstage and you look way up and you see those, you know, four by 12 beams. Yeah. yeah. Those just back in the day, there's probably guys walking all over those oh, things. Oh, yeah. No. And, you, and when I started out, you didn't wear a harness. You know, That's you crazy. had to walk out on those and you. <laughs> I, could, I, could, I wouldn't be able to do that well, anyway. That's I, why I, well, you first think of you all, can't there's, do it. there's too much lifting involved in being a grip. I could, uh, <laughs> I'd be done the day one. Like, hey, can you lift? Oh, come on. What? 
Um, but yeah, so anyway, I, I tried to get on those sets, and it was completely impossible, even more so with lockdown because of after that. But does that send a shockwave through the system, and does it kind of freak everybody out for a little while when you hear about the when somebody gets hurt or um, like what? How does that affect um, the project when you hear that information? You know, what the sad part is is that uh, I did when a stranger calls, and we were doing long days. We did a sixteen-hour day, and uh, I was pushing Dolly for the third camera. My camera operator is uh, Mike Stone. After 16 hours, he was driving home that morning because we were shooting nights. Crashed his car five miles from his house and died. Jesus. The next morning or the next evening when we came in, it was a Friday. We were going to shoot until Saturday morning. There was somebody there to take his place. That was it. production didn't even acknowledge it until the following morning when they said, Hey, by the way, everybody, just want to let you know, you know, there was an accident last night. You know, be safe on the drive home. See you on Monday. That's it? It's basically radio chatter? Like, hey, everybody. No, I mean, they, they, or they basically. Show the they, show. they did it at the end of the day. So they, we, they brought everybody in and talked to them about it. Basically, at the end of the shoot. Do you that think day. that was. Do you think that the reason why they handle that way is because they're always afraid of some sort of like organizing backlash of like, okay, we're, gonna, we're not going to work past 14. Like, were they afraid that it was going to turn into this like. I think, it, you know, if they. Or are they that just that soulless? I'm trying to figure out. I don't know if I'm allowed to even. Well, uh, well, no, I'm just. I'm curious. You don't know for sure, but I'm saying it's like in your mind, you're thinking to yourself, like, how? Because I mean, like, if if tragedies like that happen in other businesses, sometimes they'll bring in like a grief counselor, a grief counselor. Somebody to be like, hey, listen, I know you worked with this person. They died yesterday, and this is probably going to impact you. And if you need to you talk and, to somebody about it, you can talk to this person. Well, like, yeah, there's that, but also, I mean, any other business, any of the shit that we say, you'd have to go through like. What's that, uh, like, sensitivity training? Yes. We don't have to... Well, you, you, they try it, but it's a joke. Like, yeah. I've been through sexual harassment tra- teaching or whatever it is. Uh, you like, mean on for this business? Yeah, on yeah. The Man really? Show. Oh. When Joe <laughs> Rogan and Doug Stanhope were hosting, I was an associate producer. They bring us in and start telling us what's appropriate and inappropriate. These guys are at the end of the table just laughing at them. Like, okay, are you done? Because no one gives a shit what you have to say. We're going to go about our day and do exactly what we want anyway. Can I ask like, you a question about the very last episode? Um, you can. I don't. I can't tell you if I remember it or not. Uh oh. Because I heard. John, I, I heard that uh, there was a big bag of uh, weed like substance. A, yeah, well, it's like a, it's a pizza topping. Let's just call it that. Weed it, or oregano. Or it had like a mushroom. Mozzarella. Oh, oh mushrooms. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are you saying? This know, makes or, a great like game show. I all pizza so... toppings. Mushrooms are. What was that? Okay. Was that? What yeah. was the? What was the show where you had to go? You had to. You had, John heard... had to say, was it the pyramid? Ten thousand dollar pyramid. Did you guys just play a little version of that one? Uh, I'm not sure. I am not. So, wasn't a fan of ten thousand. But were you saying there was shrooms on set? Yeah, I, I heard that they, they ate a bag of mushrooms right before the le- right before they started rolling. And yeah, then, that wouldn't surprise me. That's awesome. I mean, there was That's a cool. you know they they would there would be just weed smoke coming out of um you know. Uh, Cast rooms and there's that happening and right they, now I, here when at they the building. Ha- yeah, the when, they had, when they have to tell you like, like uh, when they have to tell you like, can we get can we get some visine for the whole size? You know what I mean? It's like they, they know they can take that out. What, post, that he's, really ups- he's really upset. <laughs> yeah, he's ready to cry. Um, but what was my my whole? Uh, uh, oh yeah, sex sensitivity training. I want to go back to the safety thing, and you might know about this, but I read somewhere that like four people died in the making of Titanic. Um, but they died in Mexico with that big water tank they had. And then my whole thing is like, I get it. They were, you know, they're replaceable human beings in, in the sense that for your job, for what you do. But they're still human beings and they had families or they knew people or they had friends or whatever. 
when this guy accepts his Academy Award, he says fucking nothing about it. It's like, it's just not talked about. There's no, and I'd like to dedicate this to the four fucking people that died trying to help me win this award. Like, there's nothing. I think if, by acknowledging that, you, I personally You're acknowledging think, a lawsuit? Yeah, you might, you might be... <laughs> You have to understand we're in a, some sort of responsibility yeah, or something. It's a like litigious. That. It's, it's a litigating society, right? So you, you can't have say to, litigious. Thank you, litigious. Society. Litigious. Oh my God, Zinger. Zingers. Yeah, I told a, you. I, that's zing. why I don't make fun of other people. I am not smart. I, I continue. I, I read. I read live bravely off a off a nine eleven tribute thing. I'm like live bravely, and my buddy goes, "I think that says live, dude." I'm like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> But my friend saw a website and he goes, bobross.com. I go, it's Bob Ross. He's like, oh, I thought <laughs> it was Ross. Bo Bross. I'm like, nah, that's, those aren't words. Um, Are you really good at figuring out uh, vanity plates? Like, uh, I'm okay. It's a decent game to play if you got that kind of time on your hands. I saw the Blues Brothers this morning and their vanity plate was like BDR or something. Yeah. And I don't, I'm like, BDR, is that supposed to be brother? 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 BDR. What is, I mean, is that? I greatest just, car that's all movie. They get. Ever made greatest car movie ever made? Blues Brothers. Yeah. Oh, dude, I love that movie. The movie is it's. it's, it's and you're best. from Chicago, right? I'm from Illinois. Yeah, that okay. was that was okay. the first movie I saw in a theater. Fuck. My parents, my dad's army buddy, came to visit. They parked their camper in our backyard. Their kids stayed out in the camper. The parents stayed inside. We, me and my brother, ran all over the place. Then we went and saw Blues Brothers. I was five years old. <sighs> it was the first time I'd ever seen people on screen swearing because it's an R-rated movie. John Belushi. They all swear during the movie. They say fuck and everything. And then I remember. When the nun was slapping them and they're stuck in the and he can't get out of the chair and he rolls all the way down the stairs, I remember thinking like that's like the funniest thing. That's like was the most because I'd seen a bunch of Laurel and Hardy up to that point in my life and I was like that's like a modern day Laurel and Hardy and the gas station that Twiggy pulls into where he has the windshield wiper blades. They for the for the movie they blew that up. That gas station was on Route 59, less than like three miles from my house. I remember my dad like when I was like four, almost five or five, whatever it was like. My dad and his buddies grabbing, like, all coming out of the house with, like, a six-pack. And they're like, they're going to blow up the gas station for this uh, Belushi movie. We're going to go down and watch it. And I was like, oh, can I go? And I was like, hey, fuck no. Get back in here. And like, <laughs> they went and watched this thing blow up. And then when the, my dad's in the theater, he's like, where, where's, the, where's the explosion? Like, where, the gas station doesn't blow up in the movie. They, didn't, they cut that out. So they, like, they blew it up and then never used it. And then it came out in, like, the 25th anniversary edition or 30th anniversary edition or whatever it was. And so my dad was still alive at the time, so he got that. I'm like, hey, look, you can see the gas station blow up. He's like, oh, that was fucking 20 feet from that. I waited, <laughs> I waited 25 <laughs> years for that. See. Yeah, dude. I mean, it took, it took, he was really like, wait, what? What happened? Where did it go? You know? The, great, like, the greatest part for, for me, because I'm a fan of movies all my life. Uh, I worked with Mike Brennan years ago. He's one of the best dolly grips in the business. He's been around forever. And he did Blues Brothers. Oh, man. And we were doing uh, like an a on-star Batman tie-in commercial back you know, when I was just starting out. And he told me about, he was like, yeah, I did Blues Brothers or something like that. And I just turned into like Gaga. You wanted to start, oh, my God. start asking questions? Yeah. yeah, and I turned into that just nerd. You know, Was like, he okay with you asking the questions? Yeah, because Dude, they love talking about shit like that because they're I not love. famous. But, yeah. but, you, but they are in their world, meaning like in the world of production, if you know Dolly Grips, that guy's the best. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and he's, you know, there are movie stars that know him yeah. because they've seen him on picture after picture after picture because there's there's really only a handful of of top notch number one A list people of each in department that, head of each yeah. department or not even department head just each job like uh, Earl Sampson was the boom operator the guy who holds the microphone I don't know why somehow grips have been lumped into that <coughs> well that's but, weird it's a, yeah. yeah 
But uh, he was the boom operator on Blues Brothers, Trading Places, Animal House, like all those land displays. Wait, what's his name? Yeah. Earl Sampson. Oh, okay, because uh, my buddy, uh, a guy I know, Kyle Simpson, his dad was a camera op on Blues Brothers. And, and you know at the end of Blues Brothers when they're singing everybody in the whole cell block and then they show the crew and yeah. they're all swaying? I'm like, man, that would just be <laughs> so and awesome. It, and it does, like, uh, I love telling stories. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe I'll tell some here today. Maybe. <laughs> but, the, but the best part is, like, it Good kind tease. of validates, like, you know, the 80 hours a week that you spend, yeah. you know, given your, and sometimes, you know, you know, giving your life away to, uh, to these projects. Now tell a story. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not no, tell us. a story. What's, tell, you know what? Tell us some of your favorite stories or some of your favorite experiences of, you know, you get into it, right? Well, yeah. We want to hear like the most negative and the most positive. <laughs> well, I told you it have to go negative because I want to. But my point is, though, that you, you, you get into it. You have a certain, you want the actual fun experience of what you're getting into it for, and you probably had some great experiences. You probably really did. Like when you look back on it, like let's say tomorrow was your last day in the business and you look back on it, there are going to be certain times in your life working in this business, you're going to be like, I'm so glad I did that. That was awesome. That was funny. That was a little bit bizarre. Okay. All right. The, uh, <clears throat> I did one day on uh, the last Indiana Jones movie. Again, it's like Crystal yeah. Skull. Yeah, yeah. So, the oh, Godfather were, Three yeah. of Indiana Jones yeah. movies. I'm, I'm telling you, it's my, it, the Indiana Jones Four of Indiana yeah. Jones movies. Exactly, exactly. The Jaws Four of Jaws Forces. <laughs> and so you're, you're standing on set, and it's and uh, you, you know it's it's an it's an entire event. You know, it's so big. Where were you, by the way? We were at the back lot at uh, Universal. Universal. Okay. You know, I had like a 4 a.m. call. I mean, it's just huge. Could you sleep the night before? I really couldn't because it's kind of yeah. goofy. It's kind of goofy, but that was, you know, again, that's one of those movies. Ain't that when nothing you're a kid. goofy about love Indiana dude. Jones. Indiana that Jones, fucking awesome. You get called to go work on a Star Wars movie. You're yeah. like, I'm oh, done. Dude. It's part of your childhood. That's it's ingrained in you. Half the reason you're I there. got in this business. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, continue. Indiana Sorry. Jones. So you know, I'm doing, you know, just the simplest grip work, and I'm standing on a twelve by twelve bounce. You know, we've been preparing for this shot for two hours. Bounces where lights go off of yeah, it and, a, and just makes the whole area. It's a big white uh, reflector, yeah. basically. And uh, we're securing that. I'm just standing by, ready to move it at a moment's notice. And all of a sudden, Harrison Ford doesn't walk by. Indiana Jones walks by. Because he's got the leather. <laughs> the jacket, with the hat, the, the right, wig. Right. Oh, no! And as he walks by, it's kind of like he brushes past me and the leather. Touch, you know, well, you got touched by Indiana Jones? Uh, you touched the jacket. Well, no, I got touched by a different actor, but that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> but he, you know, he kind of brushes past me with the leather and all that stuff uh, and the bull whip. And it was just kind of like, oh, my God, I just got rubbed. Rub, yeah. You rub know, you're rubbing shoulders with Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah. It belongs and I'm did you make eye contact? Did you make eye contact? No, make eye contact? no, no. You did you make, put your head down? You, you, do don't make, down you don't make eye contact with the actors. You know. You just, are you serious? Do they? Act, I I think I've always heard that that's bullshit. Are you being on? Are you being serious? Right? No, or are you messing around? I don't. Around? Uh, you, you don't no. nod your head and say hello. Sometimes after a couple of days, after they initiate it. Yeah. If it, they it, come up to you and they're like, "Hey, man, how's your day?" You're going to talk to them, right? Yeah. Okay. So Harrison Ford is walking past you. You don't look at him. I, I knew it was him, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to blow a load in his hair yeah. because you were so excited. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, a lot of times, you know, you just don't want to make it. You, you want to make yourself noticeable. I understand. I guess you could say. I understand. Like John was saying, the grips that are really good are the ones that hang back. They don't. Quiet, yeah, don't notice you, them. You see them. You see them working. You can smile at them, but they're not really into talking to you. They don't give a shit. They are doing their job, and that's they, really guys from guys like Mike Brennan. I learned 
you know, good grips are seen but not heard. There okay. you go. And there's uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, I mean, it's you, hard got, you, were, to, you were touched by Indiana Jones. I'm totally fine. You rushed. I wasn't shoulders. touched by. It. Fair I enough. Was, I was uh, you know. emotionally touched. Yes, exactly. So. Is it a weird thing? Do you do you do you feel like a child just for a couple seconds when you you go, oh my god, I'm working on an Indiana? Regardless of which yeah. one it was, you go. It, it, are you having any like flashbacks of like childhood you, of like? You, it reminds me sometimes of where I, you know I'm still a fan, and that's a good thing. I still work, you know, and stay focused, but. I'm still a fan at heart. How many more times that day did you try to get him to bump into you? None. <laughs> None. <laughs> he's got he's got a C stand. He's like, oh, sorry, he's falling towards him. Like, matter no, of fact, doing? I I uh, turned down every call for that movie for the rest. After that, I was like, that's it. I'm done. I don't need to. You be never peaked. went you back. Peaked. You peaked. I never went back. No. Oh, that's interesting. Now, why though? Because I didn't want to ruin that. You actually, moment. that was one of your decisions. You were like, you know what, I'll pass up the work because I felt like I had a moment that it was I, I'll never be able to duplicate? With, just, with that picture, yeah. Interesting. I've never and met anybody what, actually pass up the and, job. And, and I also had a lot of other work that summer, so I, w- I was able to be... Picky. But still, Picky, you, made yeah. cho- you made a conscious choice to not finish. I, I think I would have wrote it out no matter what just because I'm kind of geeky like that. But. I, would, I think I would have too. Only because, to one, one, you want to see where it goes. And what was your, what was your thought when you saw the final product? Thank God I didn't stick you know, out the whole yeah, movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it would have been nice to get like a crew shirt, but yeah. whatever, whatever. Oh, Are you listed in the credits? What, th- th- no, no, not on that. I did one day. Uh-huh. So, matter of fact, my what uh, qualifies to get listed on a credit? Usually, you have to be there for the duration of the project. And so, day players do not get credit. Generally, not. Interesting. No. I mean, on TV shows they do. <laughs> no, no, but in yeah, film, but I'm just curious. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, I think with that movie, I got a. F- uh, there was a message from my dad on my answering machine. He goes. Uh, Bump, Bumper was my nickname. He goes, hey, Bump, uh, just went to go see Indiana Jones. Uh, you owe me seven fifty. dollars <laughs> <laughs> so. That's right. I've worked on uh, over 800 productions, and uh, I've gotten, One credit. Of them I've gotten good. credit, I think, on three. Oh, and, I'm okay. and, and for the most part, to be honest with you, I'm kind of okay with that. Well, if there are, there are ones that I wish that I would have got credit on, and then there's many, many more that I'm like, okay, goodness. Yeah. I got two, two credits in one movie once. Really? For a dolly grip and a grip. Oh. And there's one I just went to, uh, we did, I, I filled in the last three days of Whiplash. Oh, the wow. The last couple of days of Whiplash. Oscar winning movie. I mean, that was a low budget production though, too. Yeah. This was not like, even though it won an Academy Award, this was, this was a, gr- these, these, this was what it I would win. classify as a grinder. Yeah, that was a tier, there's different tiers of, of pay. Right. Uh, so that was the lowest tier for a movie here in town. So like ultra low budget? No, 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 no. It would have been mo- it would have been modified, but still. It, I think it's... their I think their production budget was something like three million bucks, yeah. something uh, like yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. But they, you know, they. Uh, and when you're working on a movie like that, generally, uh, it's like oh god, because you know, you're doing it for half the money. Yeah. So you're like, God, I hope these checks clear. You know, yeah. just, you know, and you have no idea if the final product or something like that is going to be anything, anything right. good. You, you just don't know. But it was a good experience, and I knew a lot of the guys making the movie. I'd worked with the the cameraman before, and the camera operator on the B Dolly was uh, a grip years ago when I was starting out. Eric cool. Leach, nicest guy in the world. Um, and at one point, I got to do. I remember as we were shooting. Uh, we were scrambling to get a shot, and Damien, the director, goes, "All right, this is going to be the last shot of the movie." He just knew that. And I was like, "You know, there's part of me that's like, cool. I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna get this shot." In yeah. The movie. So, uh, yeah, I went to go see it in the theater and that waited shot. the whole movie to see the last shot. But at the same time, you also know, I'm assuming it's kind of cool that when when any Academy Award comes out of any f- something that you work on, that's kind of cool because you're like, I I didn't get it, but I did work on it, that. You kind of feel like, again, I don't have kids, but the it, it's like watching your kids. T-ball 
game. You right. know, like the game doesn't count, but you still root for your kid's team. Yeah. I like your you stories. Know? Keep telling stories. I'm liking yeah, your stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Well, that's but, good, man. That's it? You only had two stories? No, I got <laughs> Get uh, off his back, dude. I just met... Oh, really? <laughs> he doesn't know that I'm, I'm messing with him? Uh, no, Chris is very serious about gripping, <laughs> dude. No, I am. Yeah, well... I do, yeah. Do you ever bang any chicks on set? I just went Howard Stern right there, didn't I? No, it's, it happens. I'll tell you the time I was on Howard Stern when I was trying to get into the film industry. Wait, what? Yeah, okay. That, well, see, your random question <laughs> about sex turned into an illegitimate... Uh, Perverts! I'm just yeah. trying to steer that, that question Away clear. from, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's definitely banged chicks okay. on set. That's what I'm hearing. Right. In trailers. But, uh, 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 uh. No, when I, was, uh, when I first moved out here, I was desperate to get into the film industry. I couldn't get into a class... Actually, the class I did get into, I was told to drop out of because I couldn't <laughs> afford to finish my, my film. Went to the head of the department and uh, asked him, I said, you know, I, I'm struggling, I'm living in my camper, you know, blah, blah, blah. What's your advice? And he goes, well, if you can't afford to finish the film, you should drop out. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the business part uh, of Hollywood. From right? headshots down to like getting, oh, having was... tape duplications to CD oh, duplications, getting a website God. built. You don't have enough money. F you. Get out of here. Just in case you were wondering, we are all about the money. Yeah, and, I, and I told him, I, you know, I was like, well, you're, if that's your advice, then I guess you're the department head, so I'll drop out. Uh, get and, out. Uh, get out. That guy, here, the best part is that 10 years later, I was, uh, I was taken over as, uh, I filled in for the key grip on the last couple of episodes of Sunny in Philadelphia, season three. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a down week because they were rewriting something and I was painting the house. So I walked into a hardware store. I looked like a painting contractor. I was a mess. And there's the teacher. And What's, he, is he there? Is he working there? Is no, he, no, no, no. Oh. He, was, he was in the paint aisle or whatever, you know, and so we're, uh, he goes, yeah, I remember you. And he kind of gives me the once over. He's like, you know, he's kind of looking me up and down. He's like, so what are you doing these days? And I go, actually, you know, I'm the key grip on Sunny. And, uh, you know, just we have a down week and painting the house, and I gave him a quick, you know, quick, uh, quick show overview. off of your credits. Yeah, and he goes, "Oh, that's great." He's like, "How'd you like to come in and talk to my class about working in the industry?" Uh, and I said, "It'd be my pleasure." So now, I every semester I go in and talk to the class. I was. Do told. you mention how he told you to drop out? I don't because I kind of let that go. But you know what? That's I was very honestly, angry dude. For the that's time. you know what? That's you actually did the right thing, right? Because otherwise, you you're, you carry that anger. And instead, you just you I just don't chant think, I don't think it's about anger. I think it's about like even though this guy told me to drop the class and I did because I couldn't afford it, I still went forward with trying to get involved in the industry, and this is where I ended up. Right, like, but you, but <clears throat> I've I'll tell you this, and I used to be an angry guy. I got into a fight in the lobby of my anger management therapy once. That's how <laughs> angry. I swear to. God. All right, thanks for thanks for laughing at my pain. But the uh, but no, I I kind of wanted to let it go, and it's better. So that is, but you know what? That's a really good, honestly, I did not know that's where that story was going to go. So I, I actually, yeah. that's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's nice that, well, it's nice that he even asked you to come back and, and kind he of. He didn't remember that he told me to drop out. No, that's no, but, but no, oh. it's really about you though. It's not about him, right? It's about how you dealt with it as that's that, you know what I mean? That's yeah. what yeah. I thought was cool about and it. Quite it's honestly, it feels good to go back and I don't know. Th Inspire. Those were my favorite classes was, you know, instead of listening to some guy who's a, you know, you think, oh, what does he know? He's a teacher. You don't realize that, you know, he really does, he, you know, he spent some time in the industry and blah, blah, blah. But when you see guys come in and they're working on a show or, you know, those are yeah. the best classes that I remember. And so uh, I like to give, you know, I like to give it back to the kids. There you go. Give it back to the kids. Uh. Oh, wait. Um. Were there any shows that you had to do run a show and uh, you were just like, I'm just, there's no challenge here. And it has nothing to do with the show itself where you're just, you're doing it and you're just like, this is so boring. Or is it, or most of it, do you find something in every show that you kind of just focus on? 
for the longest time when I thought, look, one of my favorite sayings, the only joke I ever wrote about the industry is that everybody working in the, in the business, we're all convicts because we can all, we can all tell you how we got in and what we're going to do when we get out. <laughs> and when, uh, when the commercial strike hit in 99, there was a big commercial strike yeah. and that's all I'd ever done. So I had to find other work. And so I started working on television. And after about a year of television, I wanted to, you know, just jerk the wheel on the way home. And it was, it was so monotonous and there was no, there was, there was no excitement to it like there was in commercials. Well, there, there's an element of they basically have an outline. It's, I don't want to say it's, they have a formula and you have to stick to the formula. So there's really no challenge. Is that really what it happened right. to and, you? And commercials, it's like you're on for a couple of days. You know, it's like a, it's, it's a fast paced, you know, you have all the tools you need and it's, uh, you know, it's, they pay better and whatever but on a television on a television show it's just nine months of it feels like going to a day job and i don't do well going to the same place every day but i mean in t- working in tv you got to do like and i'm not saying temptation island 2 is a, is a is a worthwhile television show but we got to go to costa rica do you know what i mean like yeah. flew was there it was basically a month-long but, party with 16 hour days worked in there right but that was when t- t- reality was in its infancy yeah and survivor hadn't even aired yet but i'm talking about like the division you know what I mean? Some, you know, uh, cable show on some oh. network that you don't know. And, oh. and uh, yeah, you're in, instead of going to Costa Rica, you're in a warehouse in the valley. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, those, those were, that was when I didn't, you know, you just don't feel challenged. But then after, uh, I, that's when I started doing stand-up. And then after a few years of stand-up, I realized, oh, I'm not going to be a comic. I'm going to be a grip for the rest of my life. And one morning, so after about five or six years of bouncing around television shows, it, it kind of hit me at about 10 in the morning where I just said, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life and this isn't bad. This okay. Is, and I had to learn to find this stuff that I like every day. And not every day is gravy. No, I mean, there's you know. long hours still yeah. and sometimes it does get monotonous. That's the thing. It's like, what do you, you know, it's, it's some, there are some days where there's just really nothing to do and it's yeah. just, you're just collecting a paycheck and, and you're not really interested in, in the material. Yeah. Or sometimes even if you're interested in the material, it still is monotonous. I think that with anything in your life, yeah. you know, you got to learn how to just learn how to do really boring stuff and be okay with it. But you've also, but, so the, so, but then you kind of got into the world where you're like, I'm going to start developing my own business. You're not just going to be uh, a hired hand. You actually started that. Cause I remember when you and I were talking one day when uh, early on in your infancy of creating your business, you were, you were starting to actually not only create your business, but you were trying to like figure out creating new tools for yeah. your business Matter as well. Fact, that I, was that, that's the thing. Is that where you started challenging yourself? Was that just something one day you're like, all right, if I got all this time on my hands, I'm gonna start thinking about how to make what we're doing over there better or whatever. Like, yeah, that, I think any grip or uh, anybody that works in the industry that's just, you know, halfway dedicated. They want to make something better. They make their lives easier. And, uh, yeah, I started, you know, trying to make a better mousetrap for a few things. Now, mousetraps, specifically mousetraps, is there, is there a mice problem on set? Are Always. Mice are actually um, Always. mice problem. Mice are actually, I think, a lot of moose. Is that correct? I don't know. Is that a zing, did you do? Did you work on Survivor? No, I never did Survivor. How many reality things did you do? The only ones I've done are uh, Temptation Island, the Osbournes, 
and uh, the Kardashians. All right, now Temptation Islands, you both worked on it. Is was was that was that was that Sexland USA down there, or what was it? I'm just asking yeah, a question no, no, that no, no, anybody no. would right. talk about. Absolutely. What was it like? Was it sexy? Was it not you had sexy? To submit a sex tape just to get on the show. That was the as a crew member. Yeah. I my my here's my here's what happened for me. I was brand new to the industry. I had worked on. I'd gone to Aspen, Colorado, to work in the U.S. Comedy Arts Festival, and I'd met this fucking turd who then hired me onto Temptation Island too. And as I'm in Aspen, the series season finale of Temptation Island 1 is on TV, and this girl I was hanging out with is watching it in my hotel room while I'm folding laundry or whatever. And I'm looking at this, and I'm so happy to be in Aspen and working with all these great comedians. I'm just a van driver. I'm a PA and a van driver. But at the same time, I'm surrounded by greatness. Fucking Steve Martin, Dick Gregory, all these guys that are just really inspirational. And everyone there was just there to party. It was a fucking awesome time. <clears throat> I look at the TV with the finale of Temptation Island, and I go, Phew. Glad I don't have to work on shit like that. <clears throat> Cut to like two months later. <clears throat> hey, we're going into po- we're going into pre-production on Temptation Island Two. Did you want to come to the office and be a PA? And I was like, Yeah, I need money, you know. So I went to the office, and the whole time they like made it a point to get in my face and be like, "You're not going to Costa Rica." And I was like, "Okay." They're like, <laughs> "You're not going to Costa Rica." I'm like, I- uh, again, I'm fine with that. Whatever you say. I just want the job. And then everyone at the office starts to like me. And then I get the guy pulling me aside going, hey, how would you like to go to Costa Rica? I'm like, whatever you guys need, man. I'm, I'm up for whatever. So go to Costa Rica and uh, literally like I met you day one, yeah. day two, something like that. You were, are you, were you an AC, right? I, was a, I used to do those shows because I did the first season. And uh, my buddy Andre, who's the uh, – he's the – he became a huge D, uh, video DP. He's done the Kardashians for like nine seasons. But uh, we went to, took a couple film classes together. He got a job as a uh, PA slash cameraman on reality. And so when the first season popped up, he goes, hey, man. And I was a grip yeah. by that point. But he's like, hey, man, uh, there's a show going to Belize. Do you want to go to Belize? And I was like, fuck, yeah. yeah. So the only position that I was able to kind of squeeze into and be of some use was being a quote-unquote camera assistant right so he's a camera assist and then i was ponch a shooter ponch no ponch was the he and still is the greatest reality sound man ever oh yeah right okay uh, audio so these guys these cats were hanging out and they were like best friends or whatever you could tell and i was there that's where i met ryan brown okay basically we were that's the show we became friends on or whatever and uh just we would work these hours like i would have to be up at like five thirty in the morning carrying coolers and shit and moving tents and getting everything ready to go out and whatever. And then these guys would roll up and, and after that we'd work 16 hour days, 17 hour days. And at the end of it all, we'd be back at this villa and, and they had this bar down at the beach and we'd be down there at the beach bar and then they'd be like, okay, the bar's closed. And then that just meant the bartender went home. They didn't lock the keg. They didn't kick us out. It was like a hut. We were just standing under this open air thing. We just go around the fucking thing and just fill up our own beers. So we would drink all night. I was like literally, I would just piss my pants and pass out in a hammock and then be woken up the next morning by someone going, dude, you got to get to work. And then I'd get out of the hammock, I'd put clothes on, I'd go to work, I'd smoke cigarettes all day. And then at the end of the day, we'd do it all again. It was like. It, it was a. It was. Now I think they've kind of reined that in. Oh, yeah. But this is years ago. It was a free for all. Nobody knew what. Reality. I mean, Survivor hadn't even aired the first season. That These we, guys were you. We Ponch, were the, Ponch yeah. was on his way to shoot Survivor. Yeah. But the best memory I have of Costa Rica is the day we, the, like the rap. We we end the night of shooting, and everyone goes to the hotel area, the pool party place, to hang out and get drunk. And we get, I get 
shit housed, and we're jumping in the pool, and we and people got clothes on. Like I think Ponch jumped in with all his clothes. Like yeah. you were all wet. Like everyone like was just jumping in and and drinking booze. And then I remember it like. Six o'clock in the morning, I'm like, well, I got to start getting people a ride to the airport because I was now in charge of transportation. I got promoted when I was there. I became in charge of all the transportation, so I had cars at my disposal and all this shit. So I had to get drivers wrangled, and then I had to personally drive people back and forth to the airport after like eight beers or whatever. It was like not. If you're going to tell this, it's the greatest. It's the greatest exit. Yeah, rock and roll exit for and yeah, why Ponch is the greatest. Yeah, so I'm. I got one van and I'm in this van or like a forerunner or something and I'm just picking people up and I'm starting to take them to the airport. Ponch, this guy gets into my van, uh, in he's soaking wet. He just got he just got out of the pool, fully clothed, just got out of the pool, I think one or two drinks in his hands, uh, sunglasses, hat, no bags. He gets in. I'm like, Hey bro, did you need to swing by and get your stuff? He's like, No, 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 just take me to the airport. I'm like, You gotta be kidding me, right? You're gonna just leave your shit because just take me to the airport, man. I'm like Okay, so I take him to the airport, drop him off. He's like, hey, it's great meeting you. This is a lot of fun. See you later. He leaves. I'm like, that kid is psychotic. (laughs) I pull back up to pick up the next group of people, and it's him with like, like we were there for a month and a half. So we brought clothes. Everyone had huge suitcases and duffel bags. He's got not only his two or three bags on one shoulder, he has Ponch's two or three huge bags on the other. He literally looks like... The weight of these bags could drive him into the cement at where he's standing. But I was in really good shape, so I... I yeah, mean, you're no. still a buff dude, but you were, <laughs> you didn't seem to really be bothered by it. <clears throat> but then you just get in with all these bags, and I'm like, what, uh, what, what is all this? He's like, well, I, I punch this stuff, too. I'm like, dude, you're a good friend. You're a really the, good friend. The greatest, though, was when he actually was getting in that van, because he had he finished one of those beers, and yeah. he had a cigarette... And somebody goes, Ponch, where are your bags? What, what are you going to do? He goes, he just crushes out a cigarette, and he goes, they'll find me. You know? And that was his attitude. Uh, he was yeah. such a rock star. They Drop called the us bike. the monsters of rock because we would go out all night long the first season and yeah. then the second season, too. But uh, Yeah, I basically learned from these guys because they had done, they were, we were awesome. on the first season. I'm like, oh, great. Is it always this fucking... So back then, because reality didn't really have the rules, seven days a week you were working, five days a week, it, six days yeah, a week? seven. I mean, I think... For the, for the second season, I think we got two days off in that month. Yeah, I didn't get any. And the best thing that happened to me was uh, somebody... Uh, did I go out on that boat with you? Yeah. Yeah. Where we got lost one night? Was that it? No, no. We were like, for a shoot, somebody... My, my boss wakes me up and the, like, a, the line producer kicks me in the hammock. I'm in a hammock. He kicks me. He's like, hey, hey, you need to AC today. I'm like, what, dude? I don't know anything about ACing. With Jimmy the Mullet was there, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I went with the Mullet and... Uh, Jimmy the Mullet. That guy's won an Emmy for like... Uh, yeah, everybody's love, Ra- everybody loves Raymond. Oh, okay. Uh, but so I went out with him and then uh, Jimmy J Jimmy and there was jo- George or a German camera guy that was uh, Gu- not Gunter uh, no 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 you're thinking of uh, German German yes even yeah yeah German camera guy his name was German yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so he was a camera guy and then Jimmy was audio and then I was like fucking wrangling tapes or whatever but we went out on this crazy boat this clear water and these people on the show were scuba diving it was it was just a lot of fun, man. It was like there, we did shit on that show and just driving, being with, in charge of all the transportation and having to drive to all the locations. Like there was a huge storm. All the power went out. I'm driving and, and I get a walkie thing like, dude, you got to check on the, the, the locations, see if everyone's okay. I get to the, the, like one of the couple locations and it's pitch black, terrifying looking. I get out and I'm like, 
nope, this is how people die. I got back <laughs> in the car, and I'm like, if there's murder going on, I'm not going to hear about it firsthand. I'm going to hear about it on the news. You know what I mean? Like, I was, it was so scary. And then we had storms. We were trying to get trucks out of the sand, and like, just it was really like after I left that, it was like I felt like I'd been in a war with people. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like we'd made it through this one piece of shit television show. You know what I mean? Temptation Island 2 was no, garbage. You know what, though? People remember... It's it's weird, though. You say that name. Oh, yeah. And, they, and people remember that show because it actually... I mean, compared to most reality, right. that actually still has some yeah. lasting power. And we weren't even on an island, for the record. And, and it's funny, too, because I bet you guys in war, when they're, you know, getting... Running through the, you know... The, the bombs and the shells, and they're probably like, eh, that's just like Temptation this Island This is like too. being in Costa yeah. Rica on cocaine running yeah. in the night. Now back to Beaver. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Brian's got a one-track mind. I don't know. I'm just messing with the okay. Beaver thing. So, so um, what, we, have to, we have to wrap up relatively soon. Is there any other stories that you were kind of hoping to share, things that were exciting in your life, things that, uh, you know, that you, um, tidbits you want to share of your life? Let's see. Okay. You know what? I saw the uh, movie poster for Urban Cowboy recently. Nice. And I was like, wow, both of those people on that movie poster have hit on me. Urban Cowboy, Deborah Winger Mm -hmm. and Deborah Winger. Asked me for my number and Deborah, yeah, and the other Deborah Winger. (laughs) And the other Deborah Winger. (laughs) Yeah, one delicately caressed me as I asked... Uh, to have uh, my eight track signed, and then the other one asked me for my phone number. The, your eight track, your eight track yeah. signed. Oh, we, we're not. We can't talk about what eight track it was. That'll give the whole. That'll yeah, give the whole. No, thing that's away. that. That's fine. That's totally that's fine. Right. So where where are you going to go from here? Are you so you know you said to that it, guy's it, house, and he's going to get molested. Well, there's there's two interesting things that I actually want to get back to because yeah, yeah. I'm always interested by this. So you and the hammer. You move out here three months in. Yeah. Was it a surprise to you? I've never really, I mean, I've had friends that are like, I'm done. I'm out. And it's you always, know, man, th- that, that day is, a, it's kind of a sad day when, especially if it's people that you, you're, you're hanging with and you know that like, they're giving up. They're, they're like, I can't, I am not going to ride this crazy train in Los Angeles. I got to go. So I'm just curious. It was like, a really hard, uh, I mean, and it sounds corny, man, but we've actually, we talked about it because that was one of those things. Like it was, I was, I turned 20 on the drive out here. So in Wyoming, and he, you know, gave me a card that he stole from the truck stop. But uh, he was my best friend at the time. And we, I mean, we were, nobody believed that we'd make it. So it was kind of like we were almost, we only had each other. Right. You know? And when he left, it, it was the closest thing at that point to a breakup. Right. The, the closest thing I'd ever Well, you're had. by yourself now. And yeah. where, where were you living at the time? On 21st Street in Costa Mesa. I, and I, why did you end up there, just out of curiosity? Because I had a... I knew of a guy that had a locker near me in high school that was living there. <laughs> I love these stories. So, wow. Eric Saccone. Did the, yeah. he, he, so he let you stay? He let you crash? He let me park on the street and use the shower. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, are you being serious? Yeah. I'm not kidding. He lived in that camper. Yeah, he lived, lived in, in the, the camper, camper for nine he months. Was a, he was in front of this guy's house, and you yeah. showered in yeah. front of this guy's house. Well, I showered in the house, but then I parked. I'm sorry. You know, yeah. No, yeah. but I'm saying, but that was how you lived. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I'm gl- I'm so glad I actually I forgot to ask about that because we it's been a while since we've asked anybody about like the crazy like you know but, what was your life yeah, like remember, first I'm, so you both of you were living in this camper and he and just it, do you think yeah. that's a broken or did he tell you why he was giving no, up I mean first off it wasn't like this was my pilgrimage to come out I wanted to come out here since I was five years old or whenever you know because this is where they made movies he came because wanted you to came. be in a band and he figured he'd check out L A but he wasn't 
dead, fully committed, fully, you know, this wasn't his mission. But I mean, I mean, did you want to go it alone or were you kind of hoping he was going to still be there with no. you? And it was kind of sad that he was bad. I was sad, but I was in such a survival mode. I, I, it sounds cold, but I couldn't, I couldn't worry about it. Like I, I had to, I could barely take care of myself. So how did he get back? He flew back. He flew back. So yeah. you dropped him off at the airport. Yeah. And he and, got out of your house at yeah. the airport. And it was hard, man, because that was when you could still go through the gate and walk somebody to the gate. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's right. But he was like, Do you want to come in? And I was like, I, get, I can't park this. I anywhere. got a fucking I, 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 house here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of like, it was, it was tough. But, uh, and that's the best part now. Now we sit backstage, you know, at Skid Row we, concerts. At Skid Row concerts, <laughs> you know, drinking. And it's like, hey, man. You know, I, I kind of get a little like we made it. Yeah, I'm the one that gets kind of like, you know, touchy, like sensitive. You yeah. know, and, and I go, hey, man, I just want to say. And he just stopped me he's last like, time I saw him. He's like, dude, we made it. It's yeah. all. And it's just like, you know, did you. So this guy that you were living out in front of his house, was it Eric a, a house or Eric whatever? Is he apartment. still around? Yeah, he's uh, I think he lives up in Washington now. He's one of the he's a great uh Video game animator. Oh, okay. Wow. We did. Uh, he did. He was a cleanup artist on Earthworm Jim. Oh my God. We did the Neverhood together years ago. I don't know that one, but I know Earthworm Jim yeah. for some reason. I he's played a, that game. He's a really good. So it didn't go animator. sour. The fact that you were sharing his shower for nine no, months. He my, was totally cool with you. All my friends that I developed at that point in my life out here all went on to do something that they wanted to do. Okay, like, that's cool. Yeah. The and, guy across the street from me uh, showed me a. a a logo one time for a skateboard company. He's like, hey man, I'm just trying to, you know, I kind of stole this off a trash can, but I'm trying to, you know, go more mainstream and not alienate my hardcore base. And I was like, oh, it looks all right. Element Skateboards. Giant Are you show. kidding me? No. That's hilarious, no. dude. Yeah. That, that, to me, that's He lived just, across the street from your, from your truck. From my house. From your truck. No, well, no, where oh, I live okay. now. Where oh, oh this is, okay, this is, okay. It's like 96. But that just, to me, that just goes to show, like, y- you never know. Like, there's people I met you know, early on in stand-up, and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that person. All of a sudden, they're a writer on The Tonight Show, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's what you've been doing. You've been writing while I've been being a fucking bonehead. You're the perfect example. You know, I met you, what, 99? Yeah. Or 2000, whenever it was. Yeah, and now I'm doing oh, You've exactly known him longer want. than you know me. I didn't know that. Yeah. And now okay. I'm doing exactly what I do, being broke and wondering where my <laughs> food is going to come from. And, and even, <clears throat> you know, we were always... Friendly when we did stand up, and then you turn the corner one day, and I'm here. That's right, uh, you know? Campus Ladies or something crazy. Like Campus that. Ladies, what was that movie? It no, was, that that was, was a, a TV uh, show. Yeah. It was uh, that was the greatest television show to ever work on ever because it was just ladies. Yeah, it was about on. two middle aged women that go back to college. Oh my god, I think I saw that. It was fun, man. It was good. <laughs> I don't remember what network it was on. It Oxygen. Was Oxygen, Oxygen Network okay, with yeah. Clyde Smith was a DP. He's the greatest. Nicest man to ever work for. In that was the business. first time Fred Willard came here, and I was excited oh, yeah. to see Fred Willard. Wait, I think um, I think set. you even called me about that. How long ago was that? No, no, no. This is years ago. God, this has got to be the early two thousands, right? Oh wow, this that was two thousand four. Oh shit, Etheridge was a writer on that show. Yeah. so it was weird that we all reconnected within this building. That is weird. Etheridge, yeah. Chris, and I. It was just odd. My sister happened to be in town visiting from Wisconsin, so she was like, "That's Fred Willard." Like she was just like the whole thing, and and the fact that like. I knew people that worked on the show. She thought I was like, I had my shit together, which I didn't. No, but of course it, not. It had the appearance. Yeah. Hey, how you doing, Fred? Hello, Brian. Oh, my God. My brother knows everybody. No, he never everybody. said that. He never said that. But, and, no. yeah, that would have been ideal. Etheridge came in that day, and he was just like, what the hell are you doing here? Yeah, it was, it was this like, constant, like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> that's You're great, a grip, though. too? And that's, that's <laughs> you know, it's kind of fun to... Uh, Sorry. That's great. So. I like that. That's what... See, that's, to me, that's why... 
you don't run your mouth in a restaurant or a bar in this town because you just never fucking know who you're next to at any given point in time or who you're going to run into or who you're going to see on a set. I've talked about commercials and I've run into guys that I've worked with before. Like, hey, and there's, everybody's everywhere. The last time I really shot my mouth off about something, I made fun of the movie Newsies. <laughs> and a guy, I go, oh, they're making a Newsies 4. And a guy leans back in his chair and he goes, they're making a Newsies 4? And I go, no, dude, who wants to see that piece of shit? And he goes, Hey, I was in the first Newsies. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I'm a fucking asshole. I'm a firm believer and always have been that uh, PAs, they get shit on. Oh, that's well. that in this business outside of extras, PAs get shit on. And I always went out of my way to make sure that, um, you know, I treated those people with respect. I mean, the other thing you have to remember a lot of those people, they're ultimately PAs end up becoming the producers they're years gonna, later. Dude. And you, but you also don't want them to come jerk off producers because they assume that that's the way they were treated. Right. So it's like this, this vicious cycle. But they, I, I, I learned very early on, they bust their asses, man. They do so much. They pick up after people, lazy pe- people throwing trash on the ground because they don't, they don't want to put it in the garbage can five, five feet from yep. there. That's just, you know, the, the PA sometimes I feel but like. But that's the first, that's the first stop for the industry. So of course those people aren't going to be PAs forever. It's like when I was a PA, this guy told me, he's like, hey man, you got to be nice to everybody because the, the PAs that you hire today are going to be the fucking executive producers you work for tomorrow. Yeah, but some people still treat them like shit though. That's what I'm well, saying. Well, I know, but those people are ill-informed and those those people are friendless pieces of fucking shit. So it's like, I know those people. The people who shit on PAs, like, I know that guy. He's a fucking dildo. And his wife doesn't like him, and his fucking kids don't respect him, his so he comes hates to work, him. and he fucking screams at people about the size of a fucking paper cereal bowl or some shit, and you're like, this is the argument you're picking to scream about? Okay, great. You're obviously a dead-inside motherfucker. So... You know, those people will get theirs. They're going to die alone. It's all right. Well, it just makes the environment, your work environment, if you're just kind of cool with everybody. Being you a know? PA, though, is, that was like some of the best. You, the greatest thing is that nobody expects anything from you. So you get to be the hero. If yeah. you, if as you, long as you don't fuck up. If you have some common sense in you, yeah. you, are, you are the hero on yeah. a regular basis. I will say, and we brought this up with one of our other visitors, uh, Justin, yeah. who's a producer. You know, One of the things I have seen, and you've probably seen this because you've been in the business long, there has been a major shift in PA's willingness to do work sometimes. They're, they seem a little bit more entitled because more of them are coming out of film school to where a lot of PA's are just PA, like... We would do it because it was we didn't go to school to yeah. be director or whatever. We just wanted to be in the business. And so they're finding that more and more of the PAs are coming out of school, and they're like, nah, I'm not doing that. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. When I was on Sunny in Philadelphia, there was a kid, and, and I always make friends with the PAs because I was one of them. Uh, you know, I can relate to And them. they can help you out in the long yeah. run yeah. if you're, and, if you're yeah. really nice to them. Yeah, so they're a good go-to. <laughs> there was this kid... Uh, I saw him, you know, whatever. One morning, I was like, hey, man, uh, I'm Chris. Nice to meet you. How long have you been PAing? He goes, well, really, I'm a director. I'm just PAing. Then, shwoop, right, that's right, not right? the fucking question I asked. <laughs> so I just look at him. I go, kid, we were all directors. You know, and yeah, and then you patted him on yeah, the head. Yeah, I was like, all right, well, yeah, now go fucking later. get me yeah, a coke me, out of the cooler. Yeah. Go set up an easy up. Give me a room temperature water, please. Do the job you Mr. were hired director. to do. You don't show up as a yeah. grip on day and go. I'm really a comedian, and that's, then start trying to tell jokes. And no that's the worst thing it. you can do is when you're on a job is to say, well, really, I don't do this job. I do the other. Never oh, say. Oh, great. That. So I don't trust you to do this job because yeah. you don't really do it. You're checked out. You're already have. You don't give a shit about it. Yep. I'm gonna send you on a run today, and you're not coming back. That's the job you were hired to do. Mr. Roush, any last words? Thank you. You're <laughs> so nice. Uh, I don't yeah, mean that. I'm not laughing like be ridiculous. You, I've always told you, Mike. You are one of the nicest people I've ever met. But that's how out you, here when I moved out here. But I barely ever see the kid, and it's still sus- like a like it still sustains. You know what I mean? Like he came to the haha the other night. <clears throat> 
we went out to, out to the patio and talked for a little. You know what I mean? It's like I it, it wasn't like oh Chris is here. How am I gonna talk to him? It's like it's you know what I mean. He's one of those yeah. guys who just like your personality exudes that. I'm glad it was you that came in here and did the last show at the Herald Examiner. Me too. For, uh, Me too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Last anonymous. show at the Herald Examiner, guys. Yeah. This is. Wow. End of an era. It is fucking hot in here, though. We so are going to now that. have to do it at my house, <clears throat> and my dogs will bark at John no, no, the no. whole time. We can do it at the studio right down the street from my house. We can do it at the studio right down the street. Where no dogs but my bark. dogs will still bark at John. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it at my because house. Because I will put John on Periscope for my dogs back home. And that, that's what you should do. Your kids can hold the phone up to the dogs. I can be on Periscope. The dogs can go crazy while we do the podcast. <laughs> or we could do it at my house with the, the arcade, with the Evil Knievel pinball and Star Ooh. Wars and hockey uh. game, right? Next to Craig's house. You know, you have time to tell that great. That's a great way to close this. It, it, it's you have a great small world story. Craig Coleman, obviously a, a, a regular guest here uh, and a lover of Bigfoot. Um, so you decided to go out on a blind date. Oh yeah, this was, this is I, a great this is a great small world story. So just just tell it real quick, and we'll get out of here. I was so desperate to get. Uh, to uh, get laid. go on, yeah, to get laid because all I ever did was work. <laughs> you know, I was so focused on the industry, so I went on Match. dot com at one point, yeah, and uh, you know, saw this profile and uh, went on a date with this girl. We went uh, to go get sushi one night, and as we're getting seated, I mean, our butts aren't even in the booth, and uh, somehow comedy comes up. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, are you, I, I was a comic for a little while, and she goes, oh my brother, you know, he's a comic. I go, oh, what's his name? She goes, Craig. I said, well, what's his, what's his last name? She goes, Coleman. I go, I know, I, I know Craig Coleman. She's like, yeah, yeah. I said, no, 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 no. I know Craig Coleman. <laughs> and, and then it kind of turns into this weird, like, awkward, you know, we're not even picking up the menus yet. And the date is already kind of I mean, just gone weird all of a sudden. And I just made the decision. I go, you know what? Text him right now. Tell him you're sitting here on a first date with Chris Roush. That will... Freak him you out and tell it, you, you to run. Just, he's going to tell you to get the. Fuck remember, out. this is not. He's not. This is not in L.A. This is no, in this another is, city. So yeah, that's what makes it so Orange bizarre. Oh, I mean, yeah, right. Okay, we're in right. Orange County. Right. I mean, far enough so, away from the system. I mean, right. yeah. I mean, oh. but she, you know, she lived down there. I lived down there. So, uh, but I figured we all might as well people. just do. You might as well just lay it all out there because it's going to be, you know, a, a very it's come out eventually. Right. So, she texted him, and then he was nice enough to reply. One of my favorite people on earth. And they never saw each other again. So yeah, Craig I read that. Has absolutely no pull. You, you, well, I also, yeah, I was kind of like, this, you know, I made sure, again, that was one of those conscious decisions where you're like, okay, I'm going to not see this girl again because she's the sister of a guy yeah. I know and it's weird. And the last time, you know, I had a roommate that is now my brother in law, which. It's like funny, you, you try to cast out into the world to spread and it just it all stays up, small. Yeah. It just <laughs> yeah. keeps staying small. Yeah, and but now Craig needed to move down to Orange County and. So it, I gave him a TV. He gave him a ride. I mean, everything yeah. really worked out in the end. Guys, yeah. this is a beautiful ending. Thank you, sir. Thank, yeah, you. thank you, you very so much, much, Chris. Great to see you guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Tell your friends. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 